Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. It's time for the Roundtable with Round Daddy. Hey, Round Daddy. The Roundtable with Round Daddy. Me, James Strebel, Big Daddy. With your host, James Strebel. Hey, Round Daddy, James Strebel. Gotcha. On ESPN 680 and 105.7. Whoever's the youngest on the team. 17. To whoever's the oldest. or something. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you can't go 17. Well, go 18. Uh, yeah, okay. It's a legal age. You know, you go Why eight. didn't no Tinder? I mean, can, can a 14-year-old match no, a 15-year-old on Tinder? No, Mark. What? A 14 and 15-year-old? Oh, no, no, no. So there's they can, so, there's so, no matching of minors. Well, I'm not trying to match. I'm Mark, not trying to match. Mark, Mark, I'm saying get out. High school kids use Tinder. They can't use Tinder. I have no idea. Eject. 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 I have no idea. This isn't Fanta Fanta. Never Eject. used this before. Yeah, well, you're not out in these streets, all right? I'm not. Me and James, we're out in these streets. Okay. All right? Well, that's a blast from the past. Oh, I forgot about that sound. Oh, my gosh. I'm like James Black oh. just coming in. Just saying. Abort. 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 <laughs> Abort. <laughs> it's ESPN 680 105.7. It's the round table. James Dribble, Phil Baker, Zach Cantrell. We have the Blitz coming up. Ty Spalding. I see his his lights blinking on the phone. I'll get to him in just a second. Hold on just one second, Ty. Don't forget Louisville basketball there. The flagship station for the cars over there at 93.9. They're back in action Saturday at 6.30 p.m. As they host Georgia Tech. Go ahead and join the Alex White Network coverage. Begins at 5 p.m. And then after the broadcast, tune in the Coors Light postgame show with Taylor Lynch. So there you go. 437-968. The text line's on fire today. Keep it up. Oh, boy. All right. Ty Spalding, CardinalSports.com. Hello. How are you doing today? Uh, Ty Spalding. Hello. The phone is the one that's probably over. You got me? Yeah, I got you. Well, for a change, your phone is probably the one that's overheated and not mine. Uh, the, he mentioned that uh, one James Strebel has to be um, a, a popular place to be these, this afternoon. Am I correct in, in saying that? Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. It, my phone has been blowing up all day. Crypto card uh, sixty two, I believe, was <laughs> yeah. Like. Crypto card got me. Mimi got me. Uh, Jim Brahma's home got me. Home. I mean, I mean, Ty, you, you you live in these streets, Ty. You know what it's like. And and, and yeah, I had a little Ty Spalding adventure uh, with all the mentions a, 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 in my tweet. Well, see, I, I fired off a tweet last night about uh, the refs, and after a couple minutes, just went up there, mute conversation, and never, never see or hear about that tweet again. It's a, it's a great feature that Elon has over there. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, you, you can find it right there in the three dots. Yeah. Conversation, and you will you'll not get a notification. So, so yeah, if, if there's any suggestions I can pass along, that would be one. 
Yeah, Elon Musk has really made Twitter a place where uh, you can operate it and you can pick and choose what you want and what you don't want to see. So, no, I- I'm with you. I'm with you, Ty Spalding. So, uh, here's the thing, Ty. The conversation about the goaltend that wasn't a goaltend and all that, this, that, and the other, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because in the end, you know, Louisville lost the game. And to me, Ty... I don't know what to do with the rest of this season, which with these games coming up specifically, because yes, they are winnable games. Louisville should have won that game last night. They had multiple opportunities to put it away, but they like Kentucky multiple times. They couldn't guard the three point line and Syracuse made them pay dearly defensively. The cars couldn't get it done, but it's like, I feel like everyone got emotionally involved in this game. Is that what it's going to be going forward? Because they're going to play games now, Ty, where they're going to be competitive here in the in the, the final stretch of the season outside of Duke. Are Cars fans going to buy back into this team the last stretch heading into the ACC tournament as they play some winnable contests? Yeah, I was offline most of Saturday night, but just from the quick um, observations that I made. I mean, I was t- telling myself, like, if we're going to do this after every win down the stretch, I might have to delete, delete Twitter until, <laughs> until March rolls around. Like, if we're going to have this much of a reaction to a, a win, then, um, yeah, I, I don't know how much of this I can take over the next six weeks. Because you're right. These teams, uh, I came on last week, and I think I said under two and a half. Um, look, Florida State and Syracuse, and Mike James even said it, said it himself after the Florida State game, and I was floored. I didn't even hear this, but they said it on the broadcast last night. Mike James said after the Florida State game that they just tried to make it a street ball type thing, and, and that was that was the way that they felt like they could win. Jeez. And Florida State and Syracuse, if there's a street ball uh team in the ACC, I mean, those two have to be uh, 1A and 1B. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think you know, uh, are going to win another game or two. I just, I just cannot, I just cannot personally uh, handle the the exuberance and the, the optimism after after they do win. Like, uh, you know, Florida State's an NIT team. Like, beating them at home doesn't we don't you don't need to send out the, the cheerleading squad and the pom poms and, and get everyone you know good win like you know nice win ACC win but like we're we're, we're past doing this for one win out of their last eight games you know like the next one that comes it'll be their second out of their last you know eight nine games like it is what it is um, so I just hope people are are just. I, to me, this is over. It's been over. Uh, the administration played with fire, I think, by letting this go. Because if they do pull off a couple wins, then maybe you have some backlash. Um, more so if you if you would have cut ties after say DePaul, right? But but you know, to me, you know, I just don't think a, a win over over a non NCAA tournament team or two down the stretch. Um, warrants any sort of major reaction. Ty Spaulding, give him a follow on Twitter at Ty Spaulding. Uh, 
we, we do this every week, and I'm always hesitant to just jump into straight to coaching search. But <laughs> as you see the Trilly Donovan tweets of just putting out cryptic you know, photos, Mick Cronin's off there. I, I, I'm a little jaded because I think guys are angling for raises mm-hmm. and, and trying to get there. Eric Crawford said something interesting the other day and went on Twitter, and then when he was on with Nick and I yesterday in the V Show, uh, saying that there's going to be some guys under the radar that maybe nobody's talking about. I know I asked you that something similar last week, but who are some other names that maybe Louisville fans aren't thinking of if this, in fact, <laughs> this job is going to be open? Yeah, so I got to tell you, I, I think I think the next coach is going to be someone that, that people aren't talking about. Um, that's just kind of the – I've kind of shifted the feeling that way over the last week or so. There was a coach in the Big East, uh, top 25 team right now, that name that I, I was – it was passed on to me uh, this week. Uh, I'm not going to say just yet. Um, I will look at the top 25. Because, uh, but a top 25 Big East coach. Um, so, point being, I think the, the loud, loud, obvious smoke behind Musselman and Tang, uh, I'm just struggling to see that. Um, more so with Musselman, I, I think there's just way too much noise there for it to be a sincere uh, and legitimate uh, marriage. I think Tang is probably a little bit more realistic, but I've just really become of the the feeling that this is going to be someone that that folks maybe aren't thinking about, and, and it's someone that, like you said, isn't you know purposely you know, throwing their name out there in January or February. Ty Spalding with us, Cardinalsports.com. Ty, I mean, yesterday was kind of like a Jeff Brom day. Jeff Brom uh, was interviewed by the local media. He did a press conference, and then he did a spot with all the TV guys. We had Kendrick Haskins uh, on these airwaves uh, going into exactly what was going on there. Was there anything that, that stuck out to you uh, interesting in what Jeff Brom said about his featured team? Just just to kind of – well, actually, I'll, I'll do a follow-up after this. But what, anything stuck out to you? Because I know you listen to a lot of that and obviously have thoughts. Yeah, so I think first off, you start with the quarterback, and Brom was very uh, upfront and honest and open about uh, Tyler Shuck's injury history, and that um, it, it's it's obvious that he needs to stay healthy this year for this team. Um, I do think it was important to note that he you know, he felt like the medical staff here, through their research and their physical exams, that. His injury pass was uh, more so due to bad luck. That's how Brom put it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not any breaking news there, but but Jeff, you know, admitted that you know, look, he needs to stay healthy, and then that's what he came here to prove. Uh, that first, obviously, MJ Griffin was out all of last season, and people forget. I mean, he was one of Louisville's best defensive players um, coming into last year, and. Um, brought it a, a positive update there said he's almost back um, but they do plan on holding him out until June um, just to, just to kind of uh, protect the longevity there um, and make sure he arrives in fall camp uh, ready to go he also talked uh, very highly of the Tennessee transfers they brought in uh, Tyler Barron mm. he talked about how at Tennessee they moved Barron inside and, you know, Barron made a point to, to the Louisville staff that he strictly wants to play on the outside in that edge position. Um, and Jeff said in the press conference that um, they're going, that's their plan with him is to keep him on the edge on the outside. 
Um, so you're probably going to be looking at him and Gelati on opposite sides. Hmm. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of good stuff. He, he did mention also that unless they have a few defects after the spring, that they're pretty much full um, from a roster scholarship standpoint. So obviously there's another portal window, but it'll take some guys leaving for them to have room. Um, so, so nothing, you know, nothing ground, you know, earth shattering by any means, but but definitely some tidbits in there to, to peel the uh, peel the uh, layer of the onion back and, and get into for sure. Last one for you, Ty Spalding. You just mentioned it, and that was going to be my follow-up question, that transfer portal window. I mean, with, with Tyler Shuck coming in and you have all those quarterbacks on the roster, uh, were you surprised that none hit the transfer portal the first time around? And do you expect any to hit it the second time around? So, Jeff, uh, he did mention Pierce um, by name. He mentioned Brady, by, Brady Allen by name. Then he mentioned... Harrison Bailey, but by name, saying that um, they've all got to be ready to go. So, uh, you know, I think this year is going to be um, a more more open competition. You know, last year we, we pretty much knew that we, we, we knew that Palmer was going to be the starter. Yes. You know, in January, the day he committed. And look, I think Tyler Shuck's the favorite to take the first snap of the season under center and be the starter. But I think this is going to be framed, and I think the coaches are going to talk about this position um, throughout the spring, throughout the summer, as it's a uh, it's a, a true competition. I, you know, I think it'll be a scenario where like they they have to announce a starter. You know, I think it'll be one of those type scenarios. So, given that, I would not be shocked if everyone stuck around and saw, and saw it through. Just because, like I said, I think this will really be a Everyone's going to get a look. Everyone's going to get a uh, a chance. Everyone's going to get reps with the ones type thing. And, and if, if if these guys feel like they have a, a fair shot at being a starter, I don't know why um, this led in the process they would leave. So my initial gut feeling is that everyone will stick around. All right. Thank you very much, Ty Spalding. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, have a good weekend. Are you going out to the uh, Yump Center on Saturday? I haven't even planned that far ahead. Um, I love it. Game's what, at 6.30? Yes, sir. I I don't have an answer for you right now. Uh, Hopefully uh, hopefully my my mindset towards home games changes um, in in the near future. But as of now, um, a a Saturday evening – uh, at the Yum Center, watching you know seven and sixteen Louisville versus ten and twelve Georgia Tech is probably option C or D. So um, let's see what shakes out, and um, uh, I'll uh, I'll keep y'all posted. Pull the me, pull the me, and just say it's fifty fifty. We have to wait and see how it all plays out. Exactly, that's the most the non-committal yeah. thing ever. Yes, that's how you got to pull. All right, later, Ty. Have a good one, buddy. All right, you all. all right, there we go. Ty Spotting will bring in Cam Drummond from the Lexington Herald Leader. Hello, Cam. How are you? I'm doing good. I want to know more about Ty Spaulding's personal life on air. If going to Louisville, Georgia Tech is a tier C, tier D option. I want to know what A and B would be on a Saturday night in Louisville for Ty. Maybe we can get into that next week. 
I just I, I, I love it. He was so cagey on that answer too. He the was Silver there. Bullet Saloon. The Silver <laughs> There you go, little Silver Bullet Saloon. So Cam Drummond has been a roller coaster ride for Kentucky basketball once again this year as the Cats lose two in a row at home uh and then they go down to Vanderbilt and Nashville and just completely punk Jerry Stackhouse's team, which you know, you look at Vanderbilt, they're terrible. They're they're six and sixteen. Uh if they wouldn't have done that, the conversation would be very different. But what was the difference in that Kentucky team compared to the Kentucky team that lost to Florida and lost to Tennessee? And again, take Vanderbilt out of the equation. Just what about Kentucky's team, their players? What did look different to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously Vanderbilt's closer to a to a mid-major opponent than anything, you know, legitimate that Kentucky plays in the SEC. But I did think it was impressive that Kentucky put together a complete 40-minute game and did so without both D.J. Wagner and Trey Mitchell. Obviously, the first time this season that Mitchell has missed a game, the first time this season that Kentucky has won a game without D.J. Wagner. And yeah. we've seen how bad that can be without D.J. in the lineup, uh, obviously losing at home to, to UNC Wilmington being the, kind of one of the lowlights of the season. But Kentucky just got their foot on the gas early on and didn't let up. Uh, I think something that was impressive to take away from the game is just the continued offensive heater that Rob Dillingham is on. I mean, this is three straight games now where he's been just an absolute bucket on fire from three-point range. On fire as well when it comes to distributing the ball. He had nine assists. He's really cutting out a lot of the boneheaded plays, a lot of the things that would cause John Calipari to pull him and yank him in short spurts earlier this season. Uh, it's almost funny. He's almost becoming one of the most reliable passers on the team. You know, I don't know how, how much of a you know, thing you can extrapolate this on in terms of going forward later in the season, but it almost feels like Dillingham is becoming a more reliable passer than Reed Shepard. You're yeah. seeing Reed make some of the crazier, maybe more ill-advised passes that Dillingham was doing earlier in the season. So that's something I'm, I'm kind of monitoring. And, and also just going forward to see if anything legitimate comes out of that performance that Justin Edwards had on Tuesday night. You know, 17 points, uh, still wasn't super efficient from the field, mm-hmm. but made all his free throws, did a little bit more of the dirty stuff in terms of defensive positioning uh, and just competing for 50-50 balls that Calipari has asked of him and just, you know, willing to see if that, if that translates to an actual real opponent on Saturday against Gonzaga because if mm. Justin Edwards can become a guy who even just gives Kentucky, you know, 12 to 14 points and uh, becomes a legitimate offensive threat consistently for the rest of the season, that really lifts the season, or excuse me, the ceiling for what this team could be even with the continued defensive issues. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you with that. And, and the defense, that's still the the, the prime the primary concern for uh, BBN and and you know what what has been ailing this team. But no, you're right. The fact that they won a game without DJ Wagner in the lineup. Now I asked Anna Trulo this question yesterday, Cam. I want to ask you the same thing because you had four guys that really kind of had a a very good game and four guys that we haven't seen a lot out of here lately. You mentioned Justin Edwards, Jordan Burks had the game he had, Zvonimir. Visich, uh, even though he fouled out the limited time he played was very, very good. And then Aaron Bradshaw had his best game in what, two, three weeks, however long it's been. Out of those four players, uh, which, which guy do you think is going to have similar, not not the exact success, but maybe similar success going forward for the West rest of the season, if you were to bet money on it? 
Wow, that's a great question. I'm horrible at betting money on anything. <laughs> Me um, too. <laughs> you know, I'll go with Aaron Bradshaw just because okay. he's seen it a couple times already this season. You know, the Penn game, his debut was really good. He was horrible in the first half against Florida, but he really bowed up and had a huge second half and was really a, a big reason why Kentucky won that game, you know, has, has one of the two quad one wins that's on its resume and just with all the other guys I don't really have the faith that it's something that can continue consistently I mean I know Bradshaw's had his consistency issues as well mm-hmm. but the V-Sitch still is, is fouling at a high rate obviously his defensive positioning still isn't great he's still getting sealed a bit too easy for my liking still not getting as many rebounds I think as he should um, and I think it's still going to be an adjustment with him over the course of the season with Burks I think it's, he's a great you know tertiary fourth option to have in case of foul trouble but we're to be getting to a point where assuming Kentucky stays relatively healthy, even with one or two guys still out, where the minutes just may not be there for Jordan Burke in sure. a high major game to, you know, even have the ability or have the chance to put on a good display like he did on Tuesday night. And uh, who's the other one? I'm sorry, you say Justin Edwards? I said Justin Edwards, Von Mira yeah. Vesich, uh, 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 Justin, uh, Jordan Burks, and Aaron Bradshaw. So yeah, I think Big Z is the only one you haven't covered yet. Yeah, uh, and like I said with Edwards as well, I just kind of need to see it to believe it. You know, he's been too, he's been too, you know, non-effective, you know, inconsistent, non-factor, especially offensively, whatever term you want to use over the course of the season. I need to see him at least string it together for one or two more games before I really buy into that. And, and yeah, with Avicic, I mean, he's going to get his moments. John Calipari said after the game that he's a game changer, someone. And, he, and he, Calipari is also pointed to the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament as the real target points for when Big Z can come into a game, make an impact, be effective, maybe even turn the tide if Kentucky's struggling. And while I think that's true, he just still has such a long way to go. And yeah. you know, obviously he's got the range. He, he was pretty good from three-point range and, and did some good stuff you know, around the basket against Vanderbilt. But I just think he's going to need a lot more work practice-wise, a lot more developmental work. But that being said, he could still crop up in an SEC tournament game and an NCAA tournament game and make an impact in a very short amount of time, which is probably the best-case scenario for Vitech right now is, you know, maybe not a complete duration of a game like Ugana and Yenso, you know, going 30-plus minutes. But if he can come in and have a really good, strong, targeted 11, 12 minutes, that's probably what's going to be the, the best hope for him later in the season. All right, last one for you, Cam Drummond. Uh, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Gonzaga comes in. Uh, they're not themselves. They're not the same team they usually are. Definitely not in that hunt for a one seed as, as they are normally year in and year out. Losing at home to St. Mary's. Uh, Kentucky and Gonzaga, they're back-to-back in the net. Kentucky 26, Gonzaga 27. How do you expect that to play out Saturday 4 o'clock? Yeah, I mean, well, well, certainly this is not a vintage Gonzaga team, but it's also the most approachable quad one opportunity that Kentucky has the rest of the season. I mean, yeah. it's either this or going to Mississippi State and, you know, weird things always seem to happen in Starkville. So this is a quad one game that is, you know, a, a prime opportunity for Kentucky to win, you know, assuming it holds up as a quad one over the rest of the season. But I do think it's defensively as well. And John Calipari had some really interesting comments after that game at Vanderbilt where he was pretty intent on, you know, Kentucky can obviously outscore teams, obviously can put up 100-plus points on any given night. But that's not necessarily the way Calipari wants to win or that's not the way that he's going to lean into playing. He's really still focusing on defense as something that this team has to get better at. I think he said, you know, 70% 
of the rest of the season in terms of practice and development time will be focused on defense. And it's still a defensive team that's 101st in the nation in uh, defensive efficiency per Ken Palm. Hmm. And Gonzaga is not a very good three-point shooting team. They only shoot 34% from three, but they're a top 10 team in the country in two-point field goals. They're shooting 57.8% on twos. So this is a chance where, you know, Kentucky's defense might not be going up against a one-seed type Gonzaga team, but the Gonzaga team that can score, they bounced back, I think, last night and hung 96 points on Portland. So that offense for the Bulldogs is humming a bit. And if Kentucky doesn't take care of business defensively and really bow down and translate over some of the good things they did against Vanderbilt, such as some improved baseline out-of-bounds defense, this game could be a little bit closer than people are realizing or maybe giving Gonzaga credit for. I still think Kentucky wins. You know, you and I talked off air. Kentucky still probably covers whatever the number ends up being. But if Kentucky has some poor interior defense and some poor out-of-bounds set defense, this could get a little bit hairy in Rupp Arena on Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Like you said, quad one opportunity. Kentucky's got to get this one. All right, Cam, appreciate it. We'll be texting back and forth. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Uh, and real quick before I go, shout out to my guy John Hayes on Twitter who implored me to talk about Kentucky men's tennis. I told you this was coming, Strebel. <laughs> Kentucky men's tennis, an absolute wagon again this season. They beat Louisville last week. They're now 29-0 and against Louisville, going back to 83 when both teams got to varsity status. Whoa. They beat number three Virginia at the weekend to an avenge a loss from the NCAA tournament last year. And they're hosting, I believe, another top 15 team in Harvard on a Friday night before they can go in and playing another top 20 team in Duke on Sunday. So Kentucky men's tennis uh, doing good things. And we always have the tennis school pivoting in case things go south and rough. Wow. Striking while the iron's hot. Cam Drummond with the tennis takes. I love it, Cam. Talk to you next week, buddy. There we go. Talk to you guys soon. Be well. See you, man. All right. Let's go move on to our good friend, Zach Osterman, out of the Indy Star. Hello, Zach. Happy Thursday. It's almost Friday. How you doing? Hey, how we doing? Hey, doing good, my friend. Doing good. Uh, Indiana, the Hoosiers, a bit uneven here. Uh, They did win two out of the last three games after dropping three in a row uh, in the Big Ten. Their latest win, kind of improbable. I mean, they were down big by 17 points uh, against Ohio State. But thanks to Malik Renew and Trey Galloway, the Hoosiers get it done. And again, that was away uh, from Indiana. So so good to see there. Uh, What's the feel around the team after the comeback victory? outscoring the Buckeyes by 16 points in the second half. I think, you know, honestly, I just think Indiana's kind of in a position where it, it, it's got to kind of live game to game here a little bit. And, you know, I think the, the, the Penn State loss probably closed the door on any sort of reasonable path to the NCAA tournament, at least one based on sort of, you know, past performance um, and, 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 you know, yeah, this team could win seven of its last eight, and then that would change the conversation. We just haven't seen evidence that, that they're going to be capable of that kind of consistency. So I think it, you know, Indiana is much more just kind of in a place now where it's just sort of not necessarily only building for next season, but you're just you're just trying to you know stack good days is probably the coaching cliche, and just just try to find your way to more consistency. Obviously, hoping that leads to better results, whether it's in practices and player development and games of course mm-hmm. and then just kind of see where that lands you in the next few weeks because you know consistency has kind of been this team's whether we're talking about individual players or we're talking about you know sort of statistical performance or obviously results beyond maybe Malik Renew you know consistency has been a, 
a pretty uh, a pretty big problem for Indiana this season. Is it realistic to think that maybe, uh, you know, you speak of some of these guys building for next season, okay? And, and you know, we, we know what that looks like. It looks like transfer portal. That looks like recruiting for college basketball. But also getting some guys to stick around. Uh, would it be reasonable at all to to say a guy like McKenzie Mbaco, who came in so highly regarded, so highly ranked, you know, he decommits from Duke, uh, ends up at Indiana. Um, would it be reasonable to think about him coming back next season? Or is it just a foregone conclusion? that he's going to go and try the NBA even though he's not really on any type of draft boards that I've seen recently I know what his expectation was he hasn't lived up to those but could we see a sophomore McKenzie Mbaco and maybe what would that look like for Mike Woodson yeah I mean obviously I don't you know I don't know for certain I don't think anybody knows he may not know you're right he said at the beginning of the season you know his goal was to be one and done and I don't think that was you know I mean he was a top 10 player in high school I don't think that's ever kind of a, an outlandish, you know, sort of goal for a player of, of his stature. I, at this point, I don't really sense there's there's that much NBA interest. Um, that doesn't mean guys won't go. That doesn't mean guys won't at least test the water. But obviously, NIL has also kind of changed the conversation a little bit here in terms of, you know, maybe if a guy, you know, might have five, ten years ago just said, oh, you know, I, I just want to sort of pursue my, pursue my professional career. I'll go where it takes me. I'll... I'll go to that level and kind of fight for my opportunities there well now obviously especially the place like indiana there's there's probably going to be you know ample nil resource you know if if a player like that wants to stick around and and you also would ask you know would he want to stick around you know it's obviously is not trending toward being the season that he expected nor indiana expected so you know you're always kind of questioning Will guys go in the portal? Will they look around again? Will they maybe test the waters and you know, see what they get back from the league? Um, but I, you know, I think it's just too early to, to really know with any certainty. On a lot of these guys, I think the one, you know, the one other than Xavier Johnson, who is just literally out of eligibility <laughs> right here, the one that Indiana, you know, probably um, could count. I guess Anthony Walker is too. I should think him. But the one that's Indiana can probably count on his Kalel Ware. I think, you know, you see a guy like him who's elevated his draft profile. He's back in the first round. Right. Conversation pretty firmly. I, I think Indiana can expect him to move on. And then it's just kind of a question of, you know, other guys, whether they want to declare, whether they want to hit the portal and see what their opportunities are. It's just, it's just an interesting thing. Well, it's been an interesting season here for, for Mike Woodson, you know, considering that, you know, he, he arrived in Indiana, got to the tournament, got to the tournament again, and this season is kind of, they, they've taken a step back. What 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 do you think the learning uh, points have been this season for Mike Woodson as, as his team, as you said, has been so inconsistent, have had some, you know, on-the-court issues, off-the-court issues? Uh, and, and look, Mike Woodson was, was good in the NBA. College was not his forte. Uh, he took the job because he played Indiana. He loves Indiana. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it learning college basketball is so different, Zach, and, and we all know this with the NIL and the portal and everything else. And and, and kids aren't the exact same as, as these grown men in the NBA. What, what what do you think Mike Woodson has learned about this year of of what maybe how to run this program going forward, or has it just been just you know nothing his fault? It's just kind of been the way it is. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's nothing his fault. I'd be surprised if he would say nothing his fault. I think. You know, listen, the, the, the thing I come back to, and it's, nobody kind of wants to hear this stuff, and I understand why, but, 
you know, when we were all having kind of preseason conversations about Indiana, we were saying, hey, listen, on the balance, there's a lot of talent there. You know, they've got some experienced captains back. You know, there's there's a decent amount to like. But, like, if, you know, in the in the range of sort of variable outcomes, a season like this was, was never an outlier, you know. Sure. They lost something like 80% of their scoring from a season ago. They lost four starters. Two of them, two of those starters were NBA draft picks. So that, you know, you weren't just losing guys that were, you know, just kind of, you know, logging stats and not really making meaningful impact. They returned six players, six scholarship players, and added six new scholarship players. So it wasn't just a young roster, it was a young roster together. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually realize this until um, this week, but if you look at, if you go by Tim Palm's Division One experience metric, um, Indiana's the youngest team in the Big Ten. Yes. So the point is, like, this was always, like, a, a, a possible outcome of this season. And in fairness to Indiana, um, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think that the, the realistic path to the tournament is probably closed now. But listen, it's it's also it's still not hard to see this team finishing ten and ten in the Big Ten. It's still not hard to see this team grabbing a couple scouts down the road. Yeah, maybe even getting to a place where it can at least kind of push back into the bubble conversation. I'm not predicting it will. My point is more just you know it, it by his own sort of. Standard. Mike Woodson says Indiana should be in the tournament. Indiana should be competing for the Big Ten. Indiana should be competing to go to Final Fours. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing that, then we're falling short. So, again, I don't think he would sit here and say that, you know, he hasn't failed or, or whatever. But I also think in the same breath, like, I, I think we all kind of saw this sort of season, a rebuilding season, a... You know, a, a, a season that was going to require some growing pains, et cetera, as a potential sort of outcome. And that's where Indiana's wound up. And, you know, for all of the frustration of, you know, some of these games, I'm thinking about a, a Purdue or a Wisconsin or whatever, you know, if Indiana hangs on against Kansas, um, they're probably still you know, at least kind of in the tournament conversation right now. And everything's oh, yeah. kind of colored differently. My point is, I think it's a season of hard lessons for Indiana, but I don't think it has to be one that really, you know, prompts some inquisition from Woodson, from the fan base, from anyone over, you know, kind of the wider direction. It can just be a season where you had to hit a few, you know, one or two too many reset buttons and it just didn't come together quite for you. Obviously, there will be lessons. I mean, chiefly among them, Indiana's just got to get to a place where it's got better guard play, more consistent guard play, a better bench. You know, shoot better from, from three, all those different kinds of things. Um, but I don't think it's it's necessarily one, at least as things stand right now, and that Ohio State win, I think it was important for Indiana to maybe feel like it was still fighting for sure. something this season. Um, I don't think it's one of the, where, again, you feel like some sort of inquisition is necessary between now and, you know, I don't know. April 30th or whatever. No, I hear you, Zach. It's it's a tough position to be be in, and I've been that way with Kentucky basketball the last few seasons. Even though they've made the tournament, it's just the, the, the results haven't been what they are expected to be. All right, uh, Zach, enjoy your weekend. I know you've got uh, Purdue coming up at Purdue, 8 p.m. Saturday night. Enjoy that game. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. 
Sounds good. Thanks for having me, as always. All right. There we go. Zach Osterman. That was the Blitz. How about that, Phil? Some good stuff there. A little, little tidbit from Ty Spaulding. Yeah. I, I was looking at the top 25 uh, rankings for some Big East coaches. A little, little, little nugget he dropped there from Ty Spaulding. So here, here's a couple texts that came in about that. Uh, Big East top 25 cur- uh, coaches, Hurley, Shaka, and Greg McDermott. Hurley, probably not going to happen. Uh, well, not probably. That's not going to happen. Uh, Shaka, maybe. Greg McDermott, ooh, Kind of boy. Off, off the, uh, ooh, off off the, the beaten radio. path. Look, I mean, that that's it's, it's a dose of reality of just kind of some of the pecking order of the next guy up. And yeah. some, it, it's the Jay Wright conversation until he won it. You know, it's yeah. like, who's the next guy up? So, no, that that's what I'm fascinated to see. Some of these guys. EC, like, he doesn't put out. He's not a hot takey guy. He's he not. No, he's he, he put something out unless he feels like confident that it, it's worth putting out. Yeah, there. so that that's something to monitor there. Well, Big East, maybe wow. back in the Big East, did okay. that toe in the Big East a little bit. How about? By the way, during the Blitz, I was, I was, uh, you may have seen my eyes wander a little bit. Were you looking at the Brittany Mahomes uh, cover? No, no, no. Actually, no, I was not. Which uh, the hot takes on that, but we'll, we'll leave that alone today. Six oh five. Yeah, we we <laughs> yeah the Zach Cantrell show six oh five. He'll give his thoughts. But no, I was looking at Mina Kimes. She was wearing like these big like dark sunglasses and she had this pantsuit on. I was digging it. It was hot. It's hot in Vegas. You know, it's so hot in Vegas that I bet they wish they had BJ Heating and Cooling. If their systems went down, they'd call BJ Heating and Cooling because that's the place I've used, and that's the place we use around here at ESPN Louisville. BJ Heating and Cooling, they're your local factory authorized Bryant dealer. They teamed up with Bryant Douglas Equipment, and they do whatever it takes to make those rooms enjoyable. Again, and don't forget those Bryant mini splits that can control a room if it's too difficult to heat up or cool down or whatever. Get that Bryant mini split it avoids the insulation of that bulky ductwork, and it controls just that room. Give them a call today to schedule your free estimate. And look, if they come out there, they'll give you a free second opinion. If you're looking, if, if someone else comes out and you're like, you know what, that price is too much, or or I don't know if, the, if it's that bad, I need someone else to tell me what's going on here. They'll come out, they'll do that too, and they can compare with what the previous company said. They're the a local, uh, they're local and family owned, celebrating 40 years of servicing Kentuckyana. Call the experts that you can trust, BJ Heating and Cooling, bjheatcool.com. Welcome back to the Roundtable with Round Daddy. Now here's Round Daddy, James Striebel. Hey, everybody. Don't forget the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Post Game Show. That'll be on about 6 o'clock on Saturday. Join me, Jason Entz, and Zach Cantrell, Mike Gandolfo out of town. So I'll be sitting in on the old Kentucky Fish oh, and Wildlife. Oh, you're sitting in. Yes. Okay, that threw me off because I. Yeah. Sometimes you got to pick and choose your battles. I've seen the promo sheet still had you on there a couple times. Yes. And I was just like. I put my sword down. I was like, I want to see how long this could go. Like, it's kind of like when Worldwide was on uh, a spot for going on a year after. I was like, I kind of want to see how long this can go for. Just an own personal game I play with myself. Yes. But, okay, oh. so you are on this. I am on this week. Yes, I am on so this week. So you're in studio. You're doing the in ESPN studio. World. I'm wow. coming here to hang out with Jason the Cat Ince. You better believe okay. that. We're going to hang out to you know, get some takes, fire off some, some, some takes on the air. Absolutely. Okay. So I've already said, though, Phil. 
And Kentucky Fish and Wildlife reminds you to go to the uh, 2024 elk draw on their website. Sign up for that, okay? Don't forget to enter the 2024 elk draw. But um, so, yeah, I'll be in a studio. And, and, and you know, we'll, we'll, I already told Ince, I told him this. I said, hey, look. You're Mike One. Okay, I, that that was my next question. Yes, that was my next question. You're, you're Mike One. I, I, I'm not gonna. You know, he's the one been working hard on this all season long. That's he a dominance Mike, play, though. If you do come in and pee on the Mike One chair, uh, I mean, trust me, the, the, the scenarios have gone through my brain, <laughs> Phil, where I come in and like I get here first, like I make sure I'm here early, uh, and I sit in this chair right here and just stare at him as he walks in. But no, I'm not gonna do that to Jason. Okay, he, he's yeah, the he's one working doing, hard on it. He's, he's working hard. He's working hard on that. And I appreciate it. He does a great job. So does Mike. So does Zach. All three of them do a great job. But, yes, I'll be making my triumphant return. But here's the thing, though. It will only be on for, like, maybe 45 minutes at the max because Bellarmine's on at 645. So it'll be a, an abbreviated version of the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show. Okay, so I think there's a scenario. A, you need to get with Sofro if he has time with this. And he could go with the ESPN plus ESPN Louisville plus space. But... If it's a blowout, this is the beauty. I mean, like you could kind of start a little bit early. Sure, absolutely, like, that, that's could. something yeah, that yeah. you could do. Not to yeah. cre- produce all the air. No, I'd um, do that. Yeah. By the way, uh, we we talked. It was kind of a chaotic first hour with some scheduling. Yes. That's not all right, but, but yes, it's we, okay. It's all yeah. We, we got to figure out our friends with the tailspin. Uh, they'll be in here in the coming days, in the coming weeks, to talk about that. I'm telling you, if you want Strebel and his element at a silent disco yes. watching Kentucky basketball, at the ESPN <laughs> Louisville tailgate tent, and just losing his mind. Uh, I can't Bowman wait. Field, go out there, tailspin. Uh, com, but a lot of people are taking you to task and, and, and I'm getting it on my personal phone too of just like you going at referee I'm like you acknowledge this like yeah. you acknowledge that you are a hypocrite when it oh, comes yeah. to this absolutely but, like okay so yeah, that's, yeah. He, he's I'm at least taking myself out of the equation yeah like I, I'm getting this from like a, a, a good amount of people it's like you got to take Strebel to task and everything and I'm like he's acknowledged uh, yeah that he's the same it. person it's the Spider-Man meme yes that you're yelling at referee oh, yeah. about the Louisville-Syracuse game, and it's the same thing with Kentucky and fill the blank. Sure. And, and yes, the lawsuit against the roofers and, and whatnot. <laughs> Rooferees, yeah, we yeah, know. So, Matt Jones, oh, Rooferees, we know Franklin. all about that. So, yeah. Yeah, I say this all the time. It's, it's the best thing about you and Rummage. You all are terrorists from the standpoint of you can move the, mm-hmm. you can move your argument to where it doesn't phase you one way or another. Like, no. Rummage says all the time, it doesn't matter. He's like, oh, I wanted Kenny Payne nonstop. Uh, for, for last go around, right now I think you should be fired. And like you could tell me I'm wrong all the time. I don't care. I'm going to back the next coach. Yeah, that, yeah that, I've heard that's him say how, that on air. That's yes. how rubbish operates, and that's the beauty of, of guys. Like it's just like I don't care if I'm wrong. I, I'm going to sit here and say how I feel it, and then you can take me to task and pull up tweets from four years ago, which, and you don't care. Which I do want to give a shout out to at Angryville, the angry cardinal who 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 <laughs> spit his time today, who spit his time today, and I love it. He called me the b word, which is which I loved. I retweeted you. I uh, appreciate you. But he went back and pulled up tweets from 2019 2023 on my birthday no less january 21st this is this was this year how about that uh 2020 uh 2018 another one from 2019 some more 2019 some more 2019 so i, I want to thank you angry cardinal for spending your afternoon uh digging through my tweets <laughs> just spend it spend a little time focusing on big old round day. yeah i i appreciate you now it's a fifty thousand views so yeah <laughs> and you tweet a decent amount <laughs> That took a long time. It did, it did take a long time. He, I, if I had to guess, he probably searched Jay Strebel 82 and then just rest. Rest. Yes. Yes. But 
Maybe Angry Card had time just to keep scrolling. Yeah, just so you know, though, if you if you follow Angry Cardinal, if you do this, it's, this account is not suitable for children. If you are sensitive, do not follow. Viewer discretion is advised. I just want to throw that out there, everybody. Are, is that are you his a, bio? Or is that's in his bio. Of course it is. Yeah, it says, that, that wasn't me riffing. That's in his bio. There's fair warning. There's foul language. Uh, there may be some, some red-hot political takes. I don't know. See, I always enjoy that when it's just, it, it says <laughs> that. But then, go card. But then it says, like, God and middle school teacher, like, are in there, too. So if they would have had that on there, that would have been the trifecta. Oh, he's got definitely got a picture of his kids or something like that. No, it's all, it's a angry, it's a, it's a cardinal bird with his fists clenched. And then a picture of Peyton Siva holding up the trophy saying, it happened. So I don't see any. Boy, the, he, he's getting, uh, the followers are coming to Angry Card these uh, days. Go follow Angry Cardinal. Uh, by the way, speaking of Twitter and X, have you all noticed this? And I want to open this up to uh, both of you because I feel like this is right in both of your all's wheelhouse. <laughs> yes. Have you all seen an influx in Twitter porn bots uh, making a resurgence? Yeah, following me. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. One hundred percent. So Emma six four nine six five seven four five four three two six says, uh, "Read my bio. Can you rate my hot ass? Oh, uh, uh, explore my bio. Where are all the guys? I'm so tired. Water emoji. <laughs> Water emoji. So I, I'm just Why? saying. No, like we're we're just getting. A, a, I feel like a lot of this. I have been too. Okay. I didn't want to. I didn't know. But it's stuff from like years ago too. Which I'm just like, how is this a, like a Russian middle school hacker that's just like saying, hey, and have you, at it. And you know they're all. You know they're they're bots because they have all. So let's just, let's just I, let me read you the few of them that have followed me recently. You ready for this? Please. Okay. I have uh, Honor Blattler. That's Blattler Ho seven four six seven underscore golden one six seven one six one and then i got some legit followers then i've got sand trap stunner <laughs> trap sand seven nine seven four seven oh boy uh yeah exactly uh, uh lakeisha clance l clance seven seven four two nine so like i know these are all bots because again they just have random numbers i've got Z- zora where we're on we're on in uh, and she's at eight three three seven two. So yeah, I agree with you. Like I've been wondering the same thing. I'm like, what? What is? What are all these bots following? Where they me? come from? Where I thought Elon from? was going to clean this Elon up. Was a clean house. I know Ty Spalding gave him some good pub uh, earlier. It's like he he liked that he could just put up the tweet into the abyss and then just you know not <laughs> even worry about it. He said right. that's a good thing Elon Musk has, has done. And I was like, that's honestly the first good press I feel like anyone has given Elon in, in, in a, a while. In a while, yeah, it's been nothing but negative for it, Elon. Musk. It took I me agree. back. Uh, by the way, speaking of Twitter, as we uh, zig and zag, I guess, away from uh, the fake robot porn bots yeah. on there, Trilly Donovan putting this out there. Oh, what Trilly say? Uh, so, a couple things, and it, it's pertinent to what's transpiring here and names that have been out there. So, names that he's hearing most linked to West Virginia. Oh, really? Dusty Mays on that list. Oh, that was one of the kind that? of uh, Nico Meved. Uh, let's see. And then another one came out with uh, some DePaul news. The first four names listed in this article have been in contact with DePaul in some capacity. One already interviewed and is trying to work through some contract hurdles, and the two of them will meet with officials in the school next week per sources. Oh, so, boy. Burner Ball, as I open this up, which is a great name, he said... Burner Ball. Burner Ball. Oh, Burner. That was good as blood The horse, favorites. Like you ready for this? The job has only been open for four days, but the okay. wheels are already in motion for their next coach. The favorites... Bobby Hurley from Arizona State. 
For DePaul? DePaul. Okay. Early is 152 and 121 in nine seasons in Tempe. Ugh. Yeah, because I'm leaving Arizona State to go to DePaul. Right, exactly. No, <laughs> not a chance. Uh, this is another interesting one. I, I said to kind of be on the lookout for him as a, a dark horse candidate for Louisville, probably too big of a leap, but Indiana State's head coach, Josh Schertz. Oh, you love Schertz. I, I, it's not that I, I love – I just think if you got down to this pecking order of some guys you're really not sold on, right. maybe to take a, a, a chance on one of these individuals that may not you're banking on to to figure it out as he gets it's probably too big of a leap but uh ken palm loves him they said he's one of the hottest mid-major coach names out there uh because he runs a beautiful offense yes the next tier wow this is uh interesting porter moser porter Mo- really leaving the Oklahoma? next tier, th- this is from uh truly donovan, truly donovan. okay so the, okay and bryce drew grand canyon's head coach i could see that that was the one i believe the most so Trilly, um, okay, and, and, and you're ready for that. You're, you're sitting down. I am. Will Wade. Will Wade. The guy is going to pop up in every coaching search this cycle, uh, cycle. It needs to strike while the iron is hot. But how many schools are willing to deal with his show cause and probation? Per sources close uh, to the situation, DePaul doesn't sound like one of those schools. If they get turned down by their top choices, Wade has a shot. Wow. Good old Dwayne Peavy up there in DePaul. Doing some work. Okay. So those are some. Look, DePaul. He worked with John Calipari. He's a cheater. DePaul. That has ripple effects for the Louisville job. It does. Obviously. Absolutely so, does. So the, that's the only reason I bring it up because they said it's supposed to be the, the, the hottest. And um, how many of those names have we mentioned as not candidates, but names to be on the lookout exactly. for? Exactly. Just in, in conversation and passing like, oh, what about this guy? What about this guy? You know, absolutely. No, it will have a ripple effect. Now, Louisville has their sights. Louisville fans, I, I, I'd say, have their sights set a little higher than, than those names. Agreed. I, no, but nothing, nothing against like a Porter Moser. I think he's a fine coach. And he's you know been in the top coach. 25 this season. But, exactly. But, it, but it's an interesting conversation to have if these guys are the names that are being mentioned from Truly Donovan and mm-hmm. as Eric Crawford's pointed out. It, it feels like last go around was parlaying it for a bigger deal and names not to be on the lookout for that aren't being mentioned. Those are some of the names and candidates that I thought would be in the mix. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, or at least on the list. Not maybe legit candidates, but in the mix for if they don't get their first, second, or third choice. See, that's that's the, the, the fun we missed out on for not having Kenny Payne get fired at mid-season is is this like this, we, we yeah. could we could have lists like this we talk about lists instead i've got to try, try to put lipstick on a pig uh with that game last night and, and say oh it meant something to some effect and then have to you know go out there and throw a fastball uh on twitter to try to generate some conversation that way too it, 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 this is a better conversation to have than oh man they lost Syracuse by two and then we have to pretend like we cared the ref blew the call i, I gotta be honest as big of a laughing stock as depaul has been in recent years and, and quite frankly you know better part of my Decades. adult yeah my, my childhood <laughs> your entire life um it, it's interesting to me because these are some big names they that are could be names. like absolutely josh hurt shirts I, I say this all the time of like kind of being a dark horse candidate it, it's fascinating to me because over and over again you you see folks that are is it the ed cooley field of 68 thing like yeah. is that that's what i've always have in the back of my sure. mind he could be the next john wooden no one knows but it's <laughs> but like it everybody everybody loves him yes every so that that is fascinating to me that he's linked to this job now uh, i know you want him selfishly yeah uh, me, me and yes. grossman i uh, would uh you know talk with him in the sauna at the jewish community so exactly. remember the tribe with that you he, guys he, and Vinetti would be in there sure just yeah he, even though he's like me he's catholic he yes. still he still finds his way to the jewish <laughs> community he, he he gets his way in it, it doesn't matter 
what it is. Tony Vanetti's going to find a way. And I, he holds court, too. And I love it. I, I, I love I, I admire that. I honestly do. But I can see you, Vanetti, Ken Grossman, Jack Grossman, Josh Schertz, Poolside. I've been to that pool. It's a nice pool. It's, an, it's, it's a, a great nice pool. pool. My wife used to, so she used to have a membership there because when she babysat in college. Okay. The, and the kids she babysat, their family was Jewish and they were part of the JCC. I like how you had to insert that about that. I, I, I don't, <laughs> you don't have to be Jewish to go there. Hits me anyway. No, you don't, no, no, you no, don't, but it was no. great. But, 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 yeah. that in there. <laughs> right. but they, but she, so she had a membership there. They, so the, the family bought her a membership so she could take the kid there during the day and like, you know, take him to like the, you know, they had camps oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. she'd take the kid there. It was great. And she, and she'd go to the pool. So when we started dating, she'd be like, you want to go to the, to the JCC pool? And like, get damn right. I do get a little sunblock on the nose. Exactly. Oh yeah. So young, younger Strebel, twenties Strebel. We, I may have ran into you at the JCC in one of these summers because we we were there quite often. You you strike me as an individual going off the diving board that would yell can opener or, or just <laughs> like fl- or flying squirrel yeah. as you went uh, and delicately landed into the water the deep end. No, I the, the one thing like I used I'm, I'm a, I used to be a pretty good swimmer. Like, because I grew up in the water. I grew up... You could with, have said that was a lie. With a, no, no, we had an in-ground pool when I was growing up, and then my grandparents had a place at the lake. Okay. And so I, I, I'm a good... I'm, well, I'm still a fine swimmer, but I used to be like a good swimmer. And then, so we were there. You know how the, you had like the, the Olympic pool oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, swim meets over there. Exactly. Yeah. So my wife was like, oh, let's race. And I, I was like... Pfft. I'm like okay, she tortured you. Oh, she tortured. She yeah. killed me. Yeah. She killed me. Yeah. I mean, and, and she was still playing volleyball at the collegiate level at the time. So, and, and me just being, a, a, you know, a chauvinist was like, I'll beat this. I'll beat this woman. Watch this. I'm a big, strong man. And she smoked me. She absolutely smoked me. And I was like, okay, t- hats off to you. And that's when I found out that she's a better athlete than I am. Okay, so and she, she is. So she beats me in everything. Yeah she, yeah, she does. Uh, but no, look, that that could have been. Look, this this is my angle. I could be the Jody Dimling if Shirts gets the you job. Could there. Be. I could be it. Me, Grossman, Kenny G, Tom Lane. Occasionally, when he's yeah. up there, we could angle for this to be our guy. But it looks like uh, Dwayne Peavy has his eyes set on. Well, it, so. I, dude, I, I would like to see the Cardinal Insider brought to you by Phil Baker. It would be but, nice. <laughs> You'd be emailing Zach Cantrell your your show daily. Five fifty five. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Thank you, Phil, so yes, much for hanging out with me today. Uh, let's take a break. We'll get Andy Sweeney in here. Sauna Troll of Louisville. That's the place to go if you want security. You want your home or your business to have the best top-of-the-line security. Sauna Troll of Louisville. That's the spot to go. They're locally and family-owned, operated business for over 35 years. They have over 350 five-star reviews on Google. That makes them the top security company in the area. Go to SaunaTrollKY.com or call them 502-966-8999 for your company's or home's security needs. I've seen their stuff. Up, uh, up close, it's 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 top of the line. It's the best of the best, and their experts are there to help. If you need to, you know, service the, your system down the road, they can come out and do that. And it's not all about security. They do cameras, badge access, fire monitoring. You can do it all from your phone because it's the 21st century. And damn it, you should be able to do it from your phone. Call SonatrolKY.com, 502-966-8999. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. 
To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.